live from Nubian Human hey. in the Anacostia Art Center in historic Anacostia, Southeast, Washington, D.C. And this is the Neighborish Live Cast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Super Dave, a.k.a. Mr. Incredible. Super. And with me, as always, is D.C.'s native son. Hey. The SC3 representer. Represent, represent. Jason for president. Hey. The one and only Jason. What's up, brother? Well, this gives us time to talk about topics without yeah, in incriminating Trey. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And with that being said, while we're waiting on our guests, of course, uh, Ward A council member Treyon White will be with us today. He's on his way right now. Um, we, don't, we don't know that. Well, he he could have just totally forgot. That's not what we, come on. I didn't do a reminder or nothing. Uh, no, people like our show because we want honey. We keep it honest. All right, all right. What's so, up, Black uh, Mike? Yeah, but uh, but it, there are a lot of things going on in the in the city, in the country, in the world. What's going on, Dave? It's a lot going on, man. <laughs> so we always uh, well for the past couple of months, we started out talking about the coronavirus, and um, it's uh, still rampant out in the in the in the community in the world. Actually, um, to date, uh, the coronavirus is. Um, 37 million cases have been confirmed. I mean, I'm sorry, 3.7. I pushed it up way. No, like, damn. 3.7 million cases in the United States and 140,000 deaths. And, um, yeah, uh, with uh, the spike that's been happening lately, there's big debates over um, things that are starting to, to, to get back to, quote, unquote, normal. Um, the question is whether, as to whether they should. It is a, a big debate topic right now. They've been talking about sports kicking off, and um, uh, sports is a big thing that they've been talking about. And I know you and Joel last week was talking about um, basketball. Yeah. So, um, you know, have you been? Have, have they started? Have they officially started back? Well, yeah. I mean, they opened up the the, the bubble in Orlando, so teams are definitely training, uh, practicing. Uh, yeah, I think I think we start up. I say we like I'm in it. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> you, I'm going to you know continue, you I'm going to, continue up, to include myself. So I think up, we, we starting up uh, <laughs> July 31st. I believe the season actually starts. Uh, yeah. So and it looks as though uh, NFL combines will be starting on time okay. according to schedule. Okay. So okay. Uh, it seems like the sports world is moving forward. Definitely taking precautions, but yeah. definitely moving forward. Okay. Well, yeah, that's good. So sports is a big thing um, that they've been talking about starting back. Also, schools, they're still, um, as of yet, uh, Mary, uh, um, Muriel Bowser has not announced her plan as to whether hey, Muriel. Uh, they're going <laughs> to officially start back in that um, or, or how they're going to do the, uh, the beginning of the school year while other you know areas around here have announced they're either going to go with the distance learning or, um, you know, in-class, in-person yeah. learning. It's a tough time for teachers right now. I got a lot of teacher friends. Uh, shout out to my uh, special teacher friend. Hey, uh, she was, <laughs> we was talking, uh, we were talking the other day, there he is. and um, we were talking about uh, just uh, <laughs> the, the, the stuff that teachers have to go through, you know, to try to get back into the classroom. Let me go let Trey yeah, Jay's going to get our guest. And, um, but, yeah, it's, it's a crazy situation. Uh, we're praying for all the teachers, all the students, whether you're going back or not. Uh-oh, he's here. <laughs> so I'm going to um, break my uh, – Hold on, nope, because Trayon doesn't get any slack because well, he's our council member. Trayon is late. 
always give him the good intro. And the only reason I could get on him because, you know, uh, when I met Trey, he was in high school, and one yeah. of the big things was like we were on live television, so you have to be on time. Right. right. So I still I, I'm allowed to give him some crap for being late. <laughs> That's just a little bit. It's all good. Yeah. Welcome, man. Welcome. <laughs> you you already know Jay say you came up on them, so you know how he is. I'm no more easy with it, man. I'm just happy you. You know I know it's a lot going on. It's election season, so I just appreciate you coming through, bro. I'm still Absolutely. Safe, by the way, it's nice to officially meet you, brother. Yeah. And uh, so as you can see, our guest is here. Um, we got a great show for you today. He's a uh, product of Southeast D.C. Hey, Southside. High school graduate, University of Maryland, Eastern Shore graduate. Oh, you did some research, uh, yeah, Dave? with magna cum laude <laughs> honors. Dang, got the research popping. And he's had a, a, a hell of a political resume since then. In 2007, he founded Hicks, which is helping inner city kids succeed. I didn't, even, I didn't know that. Dedicated to underprivileged. Hold on, let me finish. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> dedicated to serving <laughs> underprivileged and underrepresented children east of Anacostia River. In 2011, he was elected to the Board of Education. And in 2017, he took uh, the seat that he has now as Ward 8's councilman. Ladies and gentlemen, Trayon White is with us right now. Welcome, sir. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's great to have you here, man. So uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Um, I want to talk to you a lot about, uh, you know, your career uh, politically. And, uh, you know, it's like I said, it's an election season, so it's a lot going on. But um, right now we were talking about some of the things going on in the, uh, in the area, you know, in the city, in the world. And um, uh, I was just uh, wrapped up talking about the, the coronavirus. Um, but I did want to see, you know, because um, there's a big debate right now about schools opening, you know, um, how they should open, how they should go about. So uh, did you have a, a specific opinion on that? Or? Thank you, brother. Well, first of all, I want to thank you all for having me on, particularly thank you, Jason, for your leadership, man, and always being there for me since I was a, a young man uh, in the community. But uh, to the question, uh, absolutely I have an opinion about it. I just don't think we're ready. Um, and I, as I see okay. – uh, this the the spikes, you know, because part of the narrative early on was that the coronavirus is not real. Uh, black people can't catch it. Right. Kids can't things. catch it, uh, and and so on and so forth. But we see, you know, the narrative uh, changed a little over time, and I think that we haven't quite got a hold on it in the District of Columbia as we've seen the recent spikes right. here and in in, uh, in this region. Uh, so uh, just to put youth and young adults and kids in that space without the proper procedures and protocols and protections puts us further at risk. Right, right. But so what, 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 would, uh, what would make you personally, not the councilman, but what would make you personally feel safe to be like, okay, kids can go back to school? Like what is it that you would have to see? Like, okay, now I feel like, you know, it's, it's, we're ready for this. Like, what, what, would you have to see numbers? Would you have to see what, statistics? Well, um, basically, uh, the way we were tracking it to see if the numbers had decreased consistently for 14 days. Um, and also, you know, this distancing in schools, uh, the, how often are we going to clean the schools? Uh, you know, I, I, we don't have the, we haven't had historically the testing uh, apparatus and set up so everyone can get tested, figure out what we can do to ensure that it's not widespread. Uh, but once you have a, a population of hundreds of people gathering in one particular place uh, for a extensive period of time, it's, it's inevitable that uh, the virus will spread within the school. And so um, we haven't quite wrapped that. There has been conversations about seniors go to school this day and just trying yeah. to divide off what grades go to school, mm -hmm. what, what day and for how long and 
and how you split the classrooms up to ensure uh, social distancing, but that has not been worked out um, on a large scale. And so we're still waiting to hear from the uh, chancellor and also the mayor's release to how we roll this thing back out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that's official from the, uh, you know, from the DC uh, City Council. So that's the word. So, because uh, I mean, I think there's a lot of, right now, there's a lot of ambiguity, you know, for the ambiguity. H U. Anyway. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of ambiguity when it comes to, you know, what exactly is going to happen. So I appreciate you uh, giving us some clarification on, on you know, because I know, uh, like, for instance, my girlfriend is a, a teacher. Uh, and, and she's a charter school teacher okay. uh, in D.C., and so they're really trying to figure out, you know, the schools are really kind of waiting for, like you said, the mayor and the chancellor to kind of give direction before they make any definitive statements. They've said some things, but nothing too definitive. So Yeah, we're supposed to hear something by the end of this month okay. um, to give educators and administrators the opportunity just to prepare. So that's the last I've heard. Okay, bad, bad. Appreciate that. So, man, it's been a... Uh, uh, a tough week, a couple of weeks uh, for us here. Um, uh, was it yesterday or day before yesterday that uh, Representative John Lewis yeah, passed yeah, yeah. away? And, um, you know, he served as the U.S. House of Representatives uh, representative for Georgia's 5th Congressional District from January 3rd, 1987 until his death three days ago. He was born in 1940 and started his mm. political activ activism early in his life. In 1961, he became one of the original Freedom Riders, aimed at abolishing segregation laws that prohibited blacks and whites from riding, uh, blacks and blacks and whites bus riders from sitting next to each other, and just you know, kind of, and that's that's like a, um, a interesting kind of snapshot of what life was when he was coming up. Like black people and white people couldn't sit beside each other on a bus, mm -hmm. and I mean, um, just throughout the years, he's um, you know. Um, given tremendously of himself to to um, further civil rights and also legislature, you know, becoming, you know, a, a congressman and, uh, and you know, helping with that whole struggle. And I wanted to, uh, you know, I know both of y'all are, um, you know, deeply rooted into uh, the political fight, the political system. And so um, just can you talk a little bit about uh, Jay and also Treyon, a little bit about his influence? Um, I guess for me, I had the opportunity to uh, spend brief moments with him. I often went to uh, the walk on the uh, Pat, Edmund Pettus Bridge in oh, you Selma. Went to that joint? Yeah, actually, mm -hmm. I went a few times. I actually, one of my uh, sons went this past year. Um, just, you know, I met with him a few times. I actually posted a picture of him and I. I on my that. social media, yeah. uh, just for the longevity, because some people get into stuff and do it for a short period of time, but I often believe that you can't conquer anything that you're not committed to. And for him coming mm. from during the civil rights uh, movement when Dr. King was here to keep going uh, in, in his political realm and still fighting, man, even to his last breath. You're yes, talking sir. about 80 years old. That's a lot of years dedicated yeah, yeah. to the fight and the cause of edifying and lifting up the liberation of black people in the United States. I think that's noble. Um, so we want to honor his life. I'm glad you brought him up today because he's a real legend in, in, in these states. Definitely, definitely. And Jay? Um, to, to be honest, I haven't really studied his work as much as I've studied other, uh, you know, other leaders in our community. But, you know, like Trey said, I admire anyone that can stay in the fight because, you know, that's a lot of the reason why I wanted to bring you on today, Trey, uh, just about the longevity of working uh, for, quote unquote, the people. And then, you know, the effect it has on your psyche, like the, the psychological trauma. And, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, it's, it's just tough 
to, to, to be in a position of servitude to a community uh, for an extended period of time. And like, like, you know, like you said, Dave, like he was in the game for a long, because I remember one time when he first, I, well, I don't know if it was the first time, but I know he had went in the hospital mm-hmm. and then they were still bringing like work <laughs> to his bed. He yeah, still was like yeah. signing, like, all right, here you go. You know, so <laughs> that just shows uh, personal character. Right, now, politically right. speaking, I have a whole different, you know, ideology and uh, philosophy, but that's not what we're speaking on. I just want to uh, res- respect the time and effort that he put into, you know, pouring in that, into our community and to our people. So it's all love. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, definitely, you know, um, as they say, our thoughts and prayers go out to his family, his friends and, you know, everybody that had the opportunity to work with him actually. Uh, be witness to his um, to his, his sheer force, you know, and ability uh, within the legislative field and within the civil rights field. So, um, but I have I have something on that, Dave. You ready? Oh, okay. Are so we going, you know, they sh- go? they showed the uh, I guess one of the another senator, a couple people like misposted a picture, yeah, like because he looks because he looks a lot like uh, what's yeah, his name? and I was oh. just like, well, he look, you know, they're similar. They look, they look Elijah Cummings. Yeah, he looks yeah, like Elijah, Elijah Cummings. So it's like, like imagine, you yeah. know, what I'm saying, like that's a, a mistake, and they trying to like burn these people for, uh, <laughs> for yeah, the wrong yeah, yeah, which yeah, it is yeah. disrespectful. But I don't think it's like intentional. It like, like, oh, I'm this mean racist person, so I'm gonna. Uh, put yeah, a picture I don't care. <laughs> it's like, nah, they, you know, there's a similar look. So you know, not to defend the people that did it, but I've gotten confused before myself. Yeah, yeah. So just not to not to crucify these people who are you know posting the wrong pictures sometimes, but. You know, it happens. Yeah, it happens. And like I said, it's been it's been a um, you know a rough couple of weeks for us. Of course, on Friday, Friday was a somber day uh, for you know our neighborhood. As um, you know, eleven year old Devon McNeil was laid to rest, um, donning his football jersey with a football tucked under his arm as a symbol of the game that he uh, that the standout running back loved so much and had planned to do for the foreseeable future. Um, he was drawn in a, uh, carried in a horse-drawn carriage and a, and a, gla- and a beautiful glass casket and, uh, in front of his football team, his friends, his family, and hundreds of D.C. residents who came out to, to support the family. And, um, you know, uh, we, like I said, same thing, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to, to his family, definitely. The D.C. police, um, in conjunction with the U.S. Marshals, FBI, and the ATF, has, have increased the original reward of $25,000 and added $10,000 to it. Um, They've made two arrests already, but they're still looking for more in connection. So if anyone has information on the case, you know, we ask you to contact detectives or, you know, additionally, you can send anonymous texts also um, to the tip line by sending texts to 50411. And, you know, I just wanted to uh, talk to Trayon a little bit about that situation. Just a young man coming from, you know, where we come from, and um and I see you have sons, you know, uh, and I and I know it has to be something, but but I know that you're on the front line. Like one of the things that I've seen about you in researching your uh your career is that you're out there when things happen in the community. You're usually out there, so you see a lot of this. So um, I mean, do, do you become kind of jaded to it, or how does it affect you? Uh, first of all, I want to send my condolences and love to the family of uh, Crystal McNeil, who's the mother yeah. of Devon, and you know we had a, a Donise this week last week. Uh, we had Miss um, Jordan Simmons. Uh, we had a number of people who lost their life to gun violence in this community, all within a couple of block radius. Um, right. 
And so anytime there's bloodshed on the ground, we all need to be held accountable and feel some some righteous indignation about what has happened. Um, and if, you know, a lesson I learned is repeated. And so we've seen the spike in the violence. Even this weekend, I went to uh, the, uh, the the anniversary um, for Karan Brown, who lost his life. He was also 11 years old. Last I have a July, son. right? Yeah, this mm-hmm. this this today, but that that day last year, to a gun violence over there on Alabama and, and Nella Road, I have a eleven year old son standing right there, so I yeah. know yeah. Um, that I would be broken and really, you know, crushed to hear that my eleven year old son was a victim of gun violence in the community, and most simply to Crystal, you know, Crystal, who is the mother of Devon, actually took uh, her neighborhood and another rival neighborhood out of town three weeks prior to that to do mm. some relationship building, you know, okay. not just to squash beefs because that takes time and energy, but just, just to humanize each other, be around each other, show, exactly. man, exactly. you all have more in common than you do apart. And so that mm. happened. So when we heard this, it was real devastating on both parties, Definitely. you know, uh, to fig- trying to figure out, you know, what's the resolve, what's the solution for ending gun violence in our community, because there has been a lot of efforts to decrease the beefs in the community. Right, right. And so do you have any... Um any uh, specific ideas or thoughts toward like uh, what it would take to to calm or curb this uh, gun violence? Because we know uh, it, it's going to take a lot to really stop it, but at least to curb it or calm it down. Yeah, I always say that peace starts with self, you know, um, mm-hmm. and it's not most of the time somebody coming from West Virginia, New York, Philly, um, Arlington coming to our community. There's always somebody in our community. Right. And so we have to start early, right? Um, giving giving our young people vision and dreams and giving them some hope as early as, as early as possible because that's our nephew, cousin, brother, sister, auntie that's involved directly exactly. in the violence or uh, perpetrating or the victim of, of violence. And so uh, one of the things we've begun to do, as you, as you may may not know, that we have closed down a lot of resources related to youth and young adults in this community. Okay. Hot red clothes, all red clothes, catching yeah, red clothes, and a costly red clothes, blue red clothes. Uh, number 11 Boys and Girls Club closed and so on and so forth. So just across the street in the back of Ketchum, we're going to build a brand new recreation center there. We're building one in, D- in the Douglas community, Congress Heights, and we're also building one in Washington Highland. Um, and this this is part of the land of ground to get mentors and adults who care and some something constructive. Because we, when we don't build something for them to do construct, constructive, they do stuff destructive. Exactly. Um, exactly. And so we put more money into violence, interruption, and prevention, more organizations in the streets, funding more nonprofits to get involved, more after-school activities. We've done less with more. We had more activities when I grew up in this neighborhood exactly. than we do now right. with yeah, yeah, a $16.7 billion dollar budget. And that's right. that's frustrating. So yeah. because I'm in office, I fight every day tooth and nails to ensure that we are past the conversation about equality, but talking about equity. Um, and so we're putting money and resources where it need to be, but it's always a struggle because there are other priorities throughout the city. But I, I know, we all know that we have some of the greatest needs east of the Anacostia River Wars 7 and 8 exactly. and parts of 5. Yeah. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. And so... Um, and so before we get right into, because we got a lot to talk to you about, uh, there's one more thing I wanted to ask you about, because you are a native Washingtonian, yep. uh, born and raised here. The the Washington football team is yet to, to pick their name. Mm. Uh, We're we waiting to see what it's going to be. Um, the, first of all, how do you feel about the name controversy, and then do you have an idea of what you want? You think the name should be? No, I, 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 did, I, I am against the actual name. Um, anytime a group of people feel uh, offended 
right. disrespect it. I think it's a come upon those who are doing the disrespect to address the need, the, the issue. And I feel like they are at a point where they are trying to make a decision about it. I'm not really uh, a football fan. I'm really not okay. an NFL fan at this point in my life. And so, uh, mm-hmm. I, not to say a football fan because I coach Little League football, but mm-hmm. as far as the actual professionalism of the sport, I think that we need to do more to ensure that we are protecting our people and creating our own avenues where people are able to express their talents, not just making people rich or a, a small group of people rich. Um, while we're hurt with um, CTE, you know, uh, mm-hmm. all the other effects of those who may not, who may get hurt that don't even make it to the NFL as a result right. of it making these colleges richer as well as we travel along to uh, an academic field of uh, athletics to make people, uh, these universities great or symbolizes greatness without getting a due compensation for our players. And so I'm, I'm a coach, so a lot of my my players go to college and, okay. you know, uh, do very well, but the backlash of it is not always a pretty sight. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So um, I know, Jay, you, uh, you say you're excited to... Well, yeah, I mean, but, you know, very similar to Trey, at this stage in my life, I have not followed the NFL for the past four years. Right. But, uh, you know, for political reasons. Uh, but prior to that, I definitely uh, grew up a Washington football team fan my whole life. I've had memorabilia and jerseys and, <laughs> and you know, what have you. And then, like I said, in 2009, I was meeting like with my grandma and my great aunts and they started beginning they started to begin to give me the history of our family and you know our connection to being native to this land and you know how certain members of my family felt offended by that name and, and you know me being a fan of that team at the time i had to reevaluate and reassess what i had been taught and what i understood about that name and you know, and just the history of my people and our people in general. So it forced me to make a, a decision, uh, uh, you know, as far as principles and who I side with, who I stand with and what I support and what I, you know, what I accept and what I refuse. And so, like Trey said, you know, there was a large demographic of people that found that name to be very offensive. And, uh, you know, so I had to basically pick a side, you know what I'm saying? And I picked a side. And so in 2009, I became a, a Steelers fan, <laughs> and uh, you know what I'm saying I'm still rocking with them. But I'm 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 looking forward to seeing what the new name is because I'd like to support everything that is and of and from my city. And, I'd like to. And can I add to that? And and part sure, of my sure. part part of my uh-huh. and, and for me it's sports, right? I know I grew up playing sports. Mm-hmm. Wanted to go to the NFL, you know, when all the kids got big, I didn't, so I had to change my trajectory <laughs> where I was going, right? Yeah, but from time uh, to time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but for me, I guess it was bigger than this the Redskins or the Cowboys. It was more so I didn't have a lot of time and energy to spend watching somebody else fulfill their dreams. Right. right. Like I'm watching mm-hmm. three hours, seven hours, fifteen hours a week. NBA, NFL, somebody's actually using their God-given talent and abilities to make millions of dollars to fill their dreams, but it's doing nothing for me. Yeah. So it was yeah. beyond, it was beyond yeah. just the Redskins. It was about how can I utilize this time to do something that's going to help me uh, fulfill just my dream because they, yeah. they're filling their dreams. They're doing it, right. They're shining, right. you know what I'm saying? Right. 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 They, they living good. I'm still in Southeast struggling. So right. I had right. to, to uh, re- reevaluate that and thank Deron Cloud because he helped me out with that a lot about maximizing mm-hmm. my time and moments. Uh, and I think that that helped me to be on the trajectory I am today because I try to value my time how I was using it. Great, great. And that's a, that's a great segue. Hold on, Dave. Oh, this is great. hilarious. <laughs> His young men are hungry. 
Yeah, like, yeah. Can't, 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 you ask Trey to give me some money. I'm I'm hungry. <laughs> they hungry, man. Real yeah, on the neighbor's live feed my sheep. <laughs> <laughs> I told him I was like, I don't know where you're going to go. You can't go get nothing. You just gotta yeah. you gotta start. We gonna hurry. Yeah. We gonna try to hurry up. We gonna, yeah, we gonna, we ain't gonna hold them too long. Us. We'll be done in a few minutes. Yeah, we ain't gonna hold them long. I ain't gonna say a few minutes, but but um. Yeah, so um, <laughs> like I was saying, that's a good segue into um, talking to you a little bit about your political career now. Uh, the 2020 primaries um, just finished up for, for D.C., and um, and you solidified the nominee for the Democratic no question. position for, uh, for Ward 8, for your seat. And um, with six other people on the ballot, you still were able to secure 60% of the vote. Yep. And um, so, in your opinion, what about you resonates with Ward 8 voters so much to give you that kind of a, a, a lead? You got to ask the people about that. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess for me, uh, I've always been a servant in the community. Mm-hmm. Even before I had a title, even before I had name recognition, I was in the trenches doing a lot of work. Uh, mm-hmm. This is I've been doing this work for almost 18 years. I started when I was 17. Right. Um, Jay know, I remember Jay uh, had yep. got me on BET uh, some years ago, and okay. I opened some doors for me to uh, really boost my self-esteem and get knowledge itself, and I think that was very critical for me in my life. I just was talking about you on another uh, podcast last week, actually, oh, in your work you was doing. Thank you, Trey. Uh, no question. <laughs> um, and I think that um, for me, it's, it's about somebody that they can trust, Mm-hmm. They believe in that's no that's genuine about the work because I'm not the traditional politician as they say. Right, you right, know, I yeah. come from humble beginnings, born and raised here in Southeast Washington D.C. Graduated from Blue Senior High School, mm-hmm. um, did very well academically, but promised myself and God that if you allow me to make it out, I come back and try to make my community better. Mm-hmm. And through it all, through my family members getting killed here, through being in right outside doing drive-bys to burying people to, you know, sending kids off to college. Uh, I've been here the entire time, and I think that people see that my heart is good, my heart is pure, and I, I make mistakes, you know. Right, right. I'm not I'm not perfect by far, but I try to use my platform to help people and help be a bridge for people, and we've done a number of that through uh, trying to build infrastructure and, and careers and, and, and business ownership. We just helped... Um, Three of the businesses right here on MLK stay afloat, and I think okay. we have to empower black businesses here in Ward Definitely. 8, and I'm staying strong on that unapologetically, and we got to make sure we control the economics in our community, and so education and economics has been my platform. Okay, okay. And, I, oh, let me say this. My team, mm-hmm. I'm nothing without my team, right? Right, right. Uh, God has blessed me with some true hard, diehard Trey fans. Okay. I'm with Trey, and they've really been supportive in, 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 in Ward 8. Some don't even live in Ward 8. They come over here to help me. Some live in Maryland, come over here and help me. You know, And I didn't take any money from any businesses, and that was big. Like, yeah, as incumbent, yeah. I watched one of my other colleagues raise $500,000 for a war race, and mm-hmm. the maximum is $500. And so I got wow. a maximum of $50 from a lot of people. Okay. We was able to do that uh, in an honorable way to... Uh, keep power within the people and win a race by a landslide. So I want to thank the people who support me and believe in me and encourage me and pray for me. And even the naysayers, because you all give me fuel. It was one this morning. (laughs) (laughs) But it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Dave, do you have a question? Uh, I have several questions. I was trying right. to let you get all your okay, shit you out, Okay, you want me to get mine out? Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right, cool, cool. So I'm about I want to talk go a little in. bit about, uh, um, it's, a, it's well documented, uh, your relationship and, and you, how you came up under um, uh, Marion Barry and you guys had a strong relationship. I yeah. wanted to talk a little bit just because he's so uh, pivotal and, and integral even now and, you know, and him um, not being here anymore, he's still, you know, um, a huge name. Mayor for life. Yeah, the mayor for life. And so, um, 
you know, I want to talk a little bit about uh, personally and also politically how you how you would describe him and his influence to you. Um, I, I describe Murray Burr as a political genius, mm. and I was talking about him the other day because he had a way of forgiving people that I've never seen before. Mm. Like I remember one time we was in a race, and one of his confidants that he pretty much confided in his whole political career f for most of the years he'd been here uh, in, in D.C. actually ran a candidate against him. Wow. Not that the person was going to win, you know, impossible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The person was from Maryland, ran against him. Mm -hmm. uh, the person, she didn't get much of the vote as everybody expected, but his friend right. was the campaign manager for that person. Wow. And after the race was over, he he offered that person opportunity to get to help them out. Like after wow. I'm like, wow, you know, and I've seen that time and time again. Yeah. That he gave the olive branch to a person even after that. And I was like, man, that's that's a unique soul and unique spirit. And he's was he was a political genius and I learned a lot from him. And yeah. I still try to glean some thoughts and ideas and inspiration from him. And guys like William Lockers who poured into me. It's just for me, it's like being in this seat. Mm -hmm. None of them are here anymore. Right. You know? right. So it's like yeah. I'm trying to navigate this this vicious political system by being true to myself and true to the community and true to God at the same time. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, I was reading, you know, I, um, I like to research, you know, the people that are coming on. And so I was reading some stuff about uh, you and his relationships. And one of the story, one of the stories said that you were one of the um, people that he called uh, when he left Howard University Hospital uh, that day. And I know his uh, his passing affected you greatly. Like, uh, do you remember, like, um, you know, where you were when you found out and everything? Yep. I was out in Maryland, and I, I got a call from my friend who was on the fire department. Okay. Saying Murray and Bray had rushed to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And it was like, for real? I, I had just missed a call from Bray. And I looked at my phone and see he left me a message. I still have the message today. Wow. I saved it in my wow. uh, email so it could be saved in, the, you know, iCloud yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And, um, he was saying that he basically wanted to meet up me the next day because we was working on a few things. And, okay. And I was kind of perplexed because one thing about Burry is that I've seen him in a room where he didn't look good, mm -hmm. he didn't look like he was going to make it, and I come back the next day and he's up in a hallway with his gown on, no underwear on, <laughs> doing steps through the hallway. Uh, and it's like, man, he that's why they said the nine lives of Murray and Burry because he yeah. always popped back. So the right, hit that he right. he died, yeah. it really shook my heart, my whole world because I couldn't believe it. Right. Cause I didn't see because yeah. I knew he was sick more times than most because I was in, involved in, mm -hmm. in, in his inter behind the scenes, you know. Right. And so he was sick a lot. Mm -hmm. And when they say he died, I just couldn't believe. It. I went to uh, United Medical Center because he was at Howard right before that. Right, yeah. And yeah. leaving Howard, he made a few stops. Then he collapsed on the step at his, at his house right here around the corner. Yeah, on Tower. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then he was rushed yeah. to the hospital. But uh, that's that's a that's a giant man. We truly gonna miss that guy and his spirit Definitely. and what he did for the District of Columbia and more so uh, the up mobility and, and for Black people to participate in economics in this city. Right. Definitely. Definitely. So um. Let's talk a little bit about um, you know that that first uh, election that you um, when you you know procured the seat for Ward Eight Council procured H U gonna every time I anyway this, that's what he does but uh but yeah so when, when you got the seat uh, when you found out you know um, that you had won. you know can yeah. you talk about that moment I know that had to be so, so, a crazy moment so let me back up so. Yeah. Uh, when I first ran, it was about 20 people on uh, had intentions to run. Right. And I think about 13 made the cut or whatever. And one of the things was his son. 
Chris, which is right. also named Miss Murray and Bird, was on the ballot. So mm-hmm. I knew that was going to be, you know, something serious to take into consideration. Right. We had a lot of other, you know, prominent names like Sheila Bunn. We had uh, mm-hmm. LaRuby May, uh, you know, Sandra Seegers. A lot of people that have been in the political game prior to me yeah. and had a lot of uh, political clout. Um, and I ran a strong race. Um, and in fact, Stuart Anderson, who was also a candidate, joined my candidacy with Jahar Abraham and another mm-hmm. other people to support me. Um, and we end up coming short. That's the first time. Yeah. They yeah. say we lost by 71 votes. That's crazy. And then we tried to get a recount. Mm-hmm. They said in order for us to do a recount, it's going to cost $7,300. Yeah. $7,300. The most I raised the whole Dang. campaign <laughs> was, was uh, 17000 so you want me to pay seventy three hundred dollars for a recount? I man, asked him. We counted them for you, man. Right. <laughs> man, I asked him how much anybody ever paid in DC history for a recount. The maximum they told me was fifty dollars. Wow. And so I knew I was in a whole conundrum. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and so um, I was uh, that Easter short. Right. <laughs> it's annoying, mercy. Conundrum. Uh, and so we, nonetheless, I, I, you know, I and. and they, my my predecessor was sworn in right but even before they they even certified the votes by the mayor. Wow. So they hurried up and swore in. So yeah, I was like, I knew yeah. I was an uphill battle then. Right. But nonetheless, mm-hmm. I went to work for Attorney General Carl Racine. Mm-hmm. I'm doing outreach in, in the community with uh, with Carl. And um, I, I, I quit. I, I knew I was going to get back in the race. Mm-hmm. And um, I left it all online. I didn't have a lot of savings saved up. I didn't have, uh, didn't know how I was going to pay my mortgage. Didn't know how I was going to take care of my family. But I, f- I figured that, you know, if this is my passion, my dream, and if people support me, I'll win. So I got back in the race, and uh, the rest was history. The people came out, um, and we beat uh, the incumbent. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won. We, we tried not to leave it close, and so the, we left the power. <laughs> One thing about Murray and Bray, you always say the power is in the people. Yeah. And so we left it to the people. We went out of canvas, knocked on doors. I had holes in the bottom of my dress shoes. It was out there in the <laughs> rain, sleet, snow. Because our campaign started in January. Right, right. And we won, man. And so I've been uh, at it ever since. It's ran for re-election to two, uh, of right, course, right. just now. Yeah, yeah. So, but but the moment, man, that you heard that you won, like, how, what was that feeling? Oh. Like, how did that feel? Like, you know. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was in doubt, man. Cause I, oh, really? Yeah, because the first time you I thought I won. Yeah, so. I didn't believe it. I right. come, it was yeah. like, I don't know, man. Let me see the, you know, let me hold on before right. I get too excited. Because I've been here before. Right, the right, first time right, I right. felt like I won. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And it's like, uh-huh. I felt like we won. Then I figured I didn't win. It's like, ah. So it's like, let me just see. You know, let me, because there's a lot of tricks going on. Right, right, let me right, see. Right. And so when I found out I really won, I was overwhelmed with, with emotions and tears. And just excited for people, you know, to have, yeah. you know, me the opportunity to represent the community I was raised in, right, and born yeah. in and still live in. I think that's yeah. big. And so yeah. uh, I guess for me that was just an opportunity for me to take it all in because mm-hmm. I campaigned for almost two years straight right. and to get right. the victory. And so I know what it's feel like to be the candidate that don't win because you got to right. put your right. whole – you gotta put your finances on hold, your family on hold, your bills on mm-hmm. hold, mm-hmm. Your, your relationships on hold, and it's like it's like training for boxing, but the, the, the boxing match don't come up for another year and a half. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's amazing, man. So um, I'm, I want to talk a little bit about um, about what you've done, you know, uh, with your career. You've been in the seat for a while, and yeah. I know that um, the political landscape in America, and more specifically in D.C., is so 
intricate that at times, you know, a lot of the stuff the mass public either doesn't really know or fully understand, like the gravity of some of the battles. And we, you spoke a little bit about the battles that you fought. Um, but, um, you know, a lot of people don't know specifically some of the stuff that you, you've been through fighting on their behalf, like yeah. on a regular basis. So right. um, what are the, some, some of the biggest issues that you're facing politically um, right now? Housing. Um, that's one of the major battles I fight. Um, for those who don't know, we have a pot of money that we put into the budget every year called the Housing Production Trust Fund. Okay. It's almost at $100 million a year. Wow. And coming into office, I was trying to get an idea of what the correlation between those houses that we save for affordable housing versus uh, how much money we spent. And I learned mm -hmm. that we spent over $700 million on housing, but 40% of that money went to people earning between $80,000 and $110,000 a year. <sighs> And I said, how is that possible? Right. And so I, 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 put it, I put it forth a bill to correct those numbers, mm -hmm. um, and it passed. And so I did okay. that work and to make it more affordable, truly affordable, for those earning between 0 to 30% AMI and also up to 50% AMI. Mm -mm -mm. You're going to have to say what AMI is. Oh, so AMI <laughs> is area median income. Okay, right. So the you. area median income in D.C. went from $117,000 a year mm. to $121,000 a year. Right, and then yeah. it's called the federal government term is MFI, median family income. One hundred and twenty-one thousand dollars a year is the basis they use to project housing prices. That's what it is in DC. Yeah, one twenty-one. One hundred and twenty-one thousand is the average a wow. year, and, and the, so that's the that's the basis of the problem. Right. But so yeah, but they get the average from adding like the the richest to the poor. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And they include Maryland and Virginia as well. Oh, wow. for, oh, wow. I didn't yep. know that. It's wow. a federal calculation. Okay. Ah, okay. Yep. See, we get information on yeah, neighbors. Yeah. And, and so that's why that's when we talk about gentrification. Some of those uh, actual policies and uh, ways of doing numbers was actually feeding. Uh, it wasn't like it was uh, organically mm -hmm. happening. It was happening through government. We were actually funding projects that was intentionally pulling people, pushing people out. I, right. I went through this right. with uh, Union Square project right across the street. Uh -huh. We had an all-out battle with with the developers and even community folks, even ANCs, trying to get an equitable solution um, right. to how we build that project. Because when I looked at the project, it was 133 units, right? Mm -hmm. Out of 133 units, only 27 of them was truly affordable. Right. Yet they right. said it was an affordable project. Yeah. Like, Nah. And so is it a specific percentage that they have to uh, have in order to be able to call it affordable? Yes, it is standardly it's 10%, but uh, the way we look at it is trying to figure out in Ward 8, the average person is not making $90,000 a year. Exactly. We know that exactly. based on the data uh, that we got. And the other things I've been fighting for is just against tickets, man. We obsessively uh. ticket people in the District <laughs> of Columbia, and it's predatory. Right. right. That's and why so I was trying to link, get you to link me with the mayor, man, so okay. we could uh, <laughs> we could schmooze this out, man. Gotta, yeah. Vote Jay's, for me. Jay's plan yeah. is the little outlet. Look, yeah. it's hey. the train hall right now. Yeah, go for it. Hey, yeah, go for it. We still getting them tickets though. Train yeah. been effective. So like, call me in, tag me in, Train. Tag me in. So one of the things that so we have a robust ticket amnesty bill that we did, and we've been working on it over time. So one of the things you cannot do is get your license suspended because of tickets we got that part passed the second good, part we're good. working on thank you trying to get funded is you are able to do community service hours to replace paying a ticket right oh, okay. the third piece was we was trying to stop tickets from doubling there's nothing that reflects that people will pay their tickets uh in a certain amount of time but their tickets don't double right right, right. and right. so we, we it's, it's 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 almost a regress it's almost a tax you're getting taxed yeah. um yeah. 
And so we have been working with the administration trying to get this move forward because uh, it's destroying people's lives. If I'm a parent, exactly. like, if, exactly. also, if there's a mother who has to take their child to a school across the city and they have to go to more than one school uh, in the morning and they get a ticket, you know, they taking it parents in the morning while they're taking the kids to school. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So that's a problem. Man, I've 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 been crushed by by because the timing and yeah. the amount, like they they have been crushing before. And we yeah. have some of the highest yeah. ticket fees yeah. In, yeah. In, in, in the region. I, so yeah. we uh we work we've been working on that. And so uh one of the other things you've been working on is trying to address the issue of, of careers and so for those who don't know we just opened up the dc infrastructure academy in the mm -hmm. war probably about two years ago that's which, the joint of wilkerson yeah wilkerson okay. and now oh, uh, okay. the mayor's okay. trying to take it out of wilkerson and put it in spingon um and mm. we in ward eight you know it was gonna get taken out of the budget it was seven 19 million dollars in the budget for the infrastructure academy and it was being taken out of the budget so we had a we had a i had a community emergency meeting here in the ward well, Chairman Phil Mendelson, we end up fighting as a, as a community to get, the, get it back in Ward 8 okay. and get it, get it built because it's originally supposed to be on the St. Louis East Campus. And so we're talking about mm -hmm. Pepco, D.C. Water, Washington Gas. Uh, we got some um, we got some uh, solar panel uh, jobs and careers there. We also okay. have some IT jobs uh, with uh, the Hope Project with Raymond Bell. And so we're trying to get more of those careers because it's, it's really designed to change the wealth gap in D.C., especially for black people in the city. And so yeah. we haven't maximize the potential of that space but to move it is really gonna be devastating to the community that's vested in it and fought forward to keep it in the budget definitely um one of the things you've been talking about is, is access to recreation activities mm -hmm. uh, i want to touch on one thing is for the seniors sure. yeah. uh, one of the things the sing the most active and engaged population during budget season in ward eight mm -hmm. has been our senior citizens Right. Hands down, they've been coming down there, uh, it, filling up the chambers in the overflow room, even some in wheelchairs and everything, advocating right. for what we need in Ward 8. So shout out to our seniors here in Ward 8 who's been on the front line yeah. since the yeah. civil rights era, yeah. still fighting for us. We, get, right. we need right. to get more young people active and to stand up to be more organized in our community. But we are building a new senior wellness center here in Anacostia. Actually, it's right. going to be in the back of Kramer uh, okay. coming up. And we also have a recreation coming up to in the back of Ketchum. It's in the budget, and we just put more money in the budget just recently to make it bigger. We want to do a field. I know we, one of the recreation centers will have a, a movie theater and a bowling alley. There's going to be a lot of great nice. things happening in Ward 8. Nice. Yeah, that's it. you're doing a lot, man. And we, we definitely, um, you know, appreciate the moves and the steps that you're taking to, um, you know, to, to, to make Ward 8 a better place. Now, um, uh, you've pretty much gone through um, a lot of the things that you're doing, but for people who don't, uh, you know, your, your specific platform for people who don't know. Because like myself, um, a couple of years ago, uh, when I really started paying attention to voting, well, I would say more than a couple of years ago, but anyway, when I really started paying attention to voting, I realized that um, a lot of people that were running for political office uh, in this area, I had no idea who they were, what they stood for, you know, and I mean, I think that's a lot of, you know, you go by, oh, that person got a name like my cousin, let me vote for them or yeah. something, you know. So, um, so specifically your platform that you're running on, um, can you talk a little bit about it? Um, yes, absolutely. So uh, what, that's one of the reasons I ran for re-election, yeah. um, because I feel like some of the things I am working on haven't come to full fruition yet. Right. And we have to put a lot of more, a lot of time and energy to see these things get to where they need to be. I talked about housing. One right. of the other things I want to talk about is business ownership. Okay. Um, one of the things I did was I started this thing in D.C. called the Dream Grants, mm. uh, where I put over $600,000 to give grants uh, to small businesses east of Anacostia River. That's in nice. fact, I remember one young lady, Madeline, who has a cupcake 
uh, company actually won one of the grants. A lot of other people over the years, okay. but I, I believe that we should be leveraging. Like we we have over fifteen billion dollars in Wells Fargo a year. Wow. We should be pushing Wells Fargo to give um, grants and loans to our to our businesses. Right. They have right. a lot of they making a lot of money off our off our money in the district, and it's taxpayers' dollars. Yeah. Um, and so we have been leveraging some of that. I believe that our schools have to be better. I see somebody on here talking about trades and the schools and the crime. And I think there's a direct co correlation between poverty and crime. Right. Um, yeah. And I think that we have to address the issue of economics in our community because when you uh, are not making any money, stressing the press and keep hitting the brick wall and trying to fend for your family, you, you start doing stuff that's illegal. Right. You start to create right. avenues of employment that may not be the best choice. And it uh, and what doesn't affect you directly will affect you indirectly because people say that's them right, over there right. or that's them knuckleheads over there. Yeah, that's the knucklehead that may bust upside your head and exactly. take your pocketbook. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And so we have to make sure as a community we're inclusive of everyone, mm -hmm. uh, upper mobility and addressing the mental health, addressing the trauma, right. addressing the substance abuse. That's that's progressing in our community. And so we address those things, we kind of spin at our wheels. And so we're leveraging relationships with the banks. Uh, mm -hmm. With the with the with our community, trying to figure out what are our common goals and common ideas we can right. come up come up with. So we have hosted several community forums. Uh, we've been having several budget forums to get inclusiveness from the community, so we can grow together as a community. Yeah, bad, bad. So I've been, uh, you know, I, I I think I'm gotten through my questions, <laughs> and so uh, I'm gonna turn you over to oh, DC's here's the native son. <laughs> Is it? Like Chuck so, just so texted me. He's like, I see you getting ready, Jay. I can't wait for you to go. So I, I was a good cop, so you're going to play back. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. No, that's not at all, man. I got, I got to protect I got to protect my man. But. Yeah. Is it but? You know, but. but right, right. No, 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 no. I mean, there, there's no there's no but. That, that was a, that right, was a right, mis, right. misstep. That was a misstep. Well, you know, I, I have a couple of uh, thoughts and ideas that I, I'd really like your position on. So. I've, I view personally Washington, D.C. as the most powerful city in the world. Um, you know, and uh, I believe this is the, the home foundation for capitalism, um, uh, the, the economic structure of how, you know, we operate financially and economically. And, you know, obviously this is the military power that kind of, um, you know, dominates um, trade and you know what, what have you, right? So, so with my thoughts of Washington D.C. being the most powerful city in the world, I believe Ward Eight probably is one of the most important areas of concentration of uh, black and brown people. You know, because we are in the quote-unquote poorest section of the most powerful city in the world, and so just from doing work and being born and raised here, I know aside from being a politician, I am curious to know your personal um, feelings of the trauma because you like me have witnessed a lot of death and murder and crime. And so, and you know, and the, the thing with you in particular is that you are called upon yeah. when instances happen. So my first question is like, how do you personally deal with the levity of all of these, especially levity? Hey, UDC. UDC. UDC, you know what I'm saying? By Fibers. people's uh, 
parents calling you, the grandparents mourning like year after year, you know what I'm saying, over and over and over. It's, it seems to be a yeah. constant thing. So how, how does, what is your personal regimen in dealing with that? Yeah, I think um, I went through this, in the last two years I've been emotionally broken. Um, I've buried 157 people, um, including the, the three funerals I went through last week. Um, just last night, Jay, I got a call about a 14-year-old girl being raped uh, in the uh, Hoffa Street, uh, Irving Street community last night. And so this constant trauma, this constant uh, turmoil in our community, it's, it's, um, you know, they say hurt people hurt people. And I think that the reverse side is true to heal people heal people. And I guess for me personally, it's hard because I meet people at some of the worst times in their life. Yeah, right. And it's like uh, I have to be the bear that burden, burden, and still be of help to them. And sometimes I'm, I'm unable to help, right. and it leaves a lot of families frustrated or feeling disconnected or some type of way about me. I even saw one of the fathers uh, have outlash about me because his daughter, who was killed a couple of blocks from here on 18th and 19th, um, and he felt like I wasn't um, sensitive enough. Mm -hmm. And so I try to figure out a way that I can, you know, work on self to be more sensitive to the situation. But I go to therapy. I just went to therapy last week. I'll be going to therapy this week again mm -hmm. um, to try to deal with some of my personal trauma. Because, you know, going up here, I have a lot of family here. So I've been experiencing gun violence uh, personally um, for a number of years right here in this community. And so uh, it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's not easy. It's one of the worst parts of the job. When I went to the hospital with Crystal McNeil, when her son Davon got shot and I heard her scream. Mm. Yeah, we heard her screaming at night when it happened. Cause you know, as you know, that's right on my block. Oh, and yeah. I was out with me and my kids were outside when that happened. Mm. We just didn't know if it was fireworks. Oh. And the only way we could determine that it wasn't, we started hearing China screaming. And uh, you know, uh, I didn't go investigate, you know, cause I had my kids with me. But yeah, just just the the mm. pain of that shriek. Yeah, that sh it's like, ooh, like I didn't even know what had happened, mm. but I just heard that shriek, and I know you hear that yeah. often, um, you know, which is why not only am I curious, like I'm concerned yeah. for you, <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Because yeah. that's a lot to take on such a consistent, you know, basis. Yeah. That's why I was like, well, yo, what are you doing to make sure that you are okay? Yeah. Um. Well. I try to find healthy outlets too, and which I haven't been good at doing based on what my therapist saying. She said I need to find some healthy <laughs> outlets, but I guess for me it's about uh, decompressing and really dealing with the pain and trauma that I've experienced and those uh, who I'm working with are experiencing, but also trying to create an avenue where people can get help in our community. Um, because we see a lot of people, if you walk outside of here, the Good Hope Road with 16, you see a lot of people self-medicating. Yeah. And, yeah, and on yeah. drugs, and you see a lot of politicians on drugs, you know, because of the stress and the pressure of being in leadership. Um, and so, right. um, I'm often careful and, and 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 concerned about, you know, I have a, and I had good, good people around me. Mm -hmm. That's that's I not see. yes, yeah. man. That's not gonna say you just pat me on the back and always say I'm doing the right thing. I have people saying you need to do this or you need to think about doing this, and I try to take heed. And listen, you know, some people say I'm hard-headed, but, you know, I guess I try for me to keep people around me that's going to give me constructive criticism and give me the wisdom and guidance on how to address a lot of this trauma in our community. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I just want to say real quick, that, um, you know, um, the fact that you openly announced, you know, that you, you know, are, you know, seeking, having therapy is, is huge because there's such a stigma about it in our community, you know. And so, um, 
you know, but everybody needs, you know, I mean, just to have somebody to, to unload to, to kind of, you know, uh, give your thoughts to and things of that nature is huge. And then also, you said it earlier, and then you just, you know, brought it back up about having a strong team, and that's huge too. Like having people around you that's going, um, not, and not just, you know, um, not be yes men and give you suggestions, but also uh, be, you know, another outlet, another more people to kind of, you know, unload your issues to and things like that. So that's good. I mean, it sounds like sound, uh, you know, um, outlets to me. So, yeah. so we got to encourage more of our people to start taking therapy yeah. and getting yeah. some help, man, yeah. because a lot of these, because I think about even the guys that's doing the, Acts of violence, right? Right. They've experienced trauma on a certain level that have never been dealt with. Exactly. I'm saying more, exactly. even during the whole quarantine, we've mm. seen more domestic, domestic violence calls than we ever had yeah. in DC history. Like the domestic violence calls have gone through the roof because people are forced to kind of be in the same house, deal with, deal with yeah. the issues, and yeah. see each other yeah. on, a, on a consistent basis. And yeah. so, and that's a scary thought just because, you know, like you said, the, the, the quarantine put them in a position to be, to have to face it. But before that, they were kind of, I guess, dealing with it and kind of getting along, you know, and, and things of that nature. So, um, so it's definitely, uh, you know, that, that's an interesting thought that that now that they're going up, you know, based on the quarantine. But yeah, but yeah, go ahead, Jay. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, uh, now nah, I agree. Um, but you know, I think <clears throat> 2020 has been interesting because you know, uh, at some point, uh, for lack of better words, UDC uh, shit's going to hit the fan. You know, so if you are if, if there, you are so in Jay. a relationship <laughs> with somebody in a household and it's never dealt with, yeah. I don't know if that's worse than being forced to deal with it and confront it. Like it ain't gonna be pretty. Obviously, it hasn't been based on the calls and the frustrations and the domestic violence. But at some point, the longer you let it linger, mm-hmm. it kind of will become worse. So. But that's a whole separate thought just based on, you know, what you you brought up, like the domestic violence thing and like what Dave was saying, people forced to being in closed quarters with their quote unquote families or what have you. So, you know, eventually things are going to have to arise to be addressed, Mm -hmm. which leads me to my next. (laughs) Well, I don't even know. I don't even know if this is a question, Trey. Well, Uh well, uh, I'm going back and forth because I don't want to hold you too long. But so. In regards to uh, to Day Day around Cedar, you know that's that's my hood, you know. So that happened on my block, and uh, for the past couple of weeks, we've been seeing all these organizations and mm-hmm. cameras and all of that coming into our community, representing. We appreciate it, and you know, but we have the community, and that's when I was texting you, and you weren't getting my text. You know, we've been meeting ourselves because, you know, one, we feel responsible. It's like we feel like we let an 11-year-old boy get murdered on our watch. So even the go hard, go hard dudes with the guns and like never smile and go hard, they all be there. So, you know, um, I think it shows not just our community that like, oh, the people of this community are doing things when all of these cameras and marches leave. I think it's important that that China see well, you know, Crystal sees like oh, like they are actually doing something without having to be prompted by the city or the or you know, and so all that to say, you know, one of the conversations I was having with the dudes on the block is 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 frustrating, but it's like yo, at some point you're going to have to dig within yourself to evaluate your own personal life. 
and you know and 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 tap into something you know whether it be a higher power whether it be Allah Buddha Jesus but you know eventually you are going to have to take control of your own actions in life like it's not too much we can do even though we meeting and we organize and like trying to do trips and activities to, but it's like at some point you just gonna have to sit your ass in the house look in the mirror and be like yo I have to better myself you know why am I out here in these streets like you know you're gonna have to deal with is it poverty do I have trauma from my parents do I have you know whatever mm -hmm. it is like it's not it's only so much outside forces can do because we talk we always talk about you and I've been talking about this for 20 years like how do we change our community what do we do and mm -hmm. I know your platforms are like education and housing and all that well I have a different philosophy because from my perspective those uh, uh, those uh, uh, I guess actions don't work to me like you could put a zillion dollars in the school system from my perspective not Trayon, from my perspective, from working with DCPS for 20 years, the school system is the problem. Like you are funding the problem and you're trying to reform it to a way that it appeases a lot of people. But if you're going to change some things, somebody ain't going to be appeased. Somebody's going to be angry and mad and hurt. But that's what change does. So all that to say, you know, when I'm reaching out to these youngins on the block in, in the effort to change the community, you know, um, my, you know, my, I guess step one for me was like, yo, you have to personally evaluate what do you believe in? What are your principles and how do you carry them through or not? So I, I would say, what is your thoughts on that philosophy when I'm speaking to the youngins? So the I totally agree. I think that, uh, the greatest influence on a young person is another young person. Mm. And I think that we've become a, a environment or community that we have people speaking and giving information. It's the blind leading the blind. Mm -hmm. And that's been, there has been a race of older men like yourselves in the community. So the younger youth and young adults are forced to feed off each other. Right. And the social media age has also enhanced some of those. Like if you look at social, like Instagram, some of the stuff that's happening, like we had the young lady who got thrown in the trash can by the little boys. Oh, you know, yeah, man. Yeah, man. So yeah. if we had men in the community doing that time, that right. would never have happened. That would never right. happen. That would right. never have yeah. happened. The thought yeah. of you even doing it, when it would never went that far. Yeah. And the skateboard joint. You see the skateboard joint? But the young hit the girl in the face with a skateboard? Nah. Oh, man, nah. I'm like, it's getting crazy. But I say that to say because that um, Demarcus Garvey talked about it. And the theory is that we are the only population of people that allow our school system to be the only source of education that they receive. Correct. Like mm. I remember we used rights of passage programs. That's why I talked about mentoring. I talked about after school programs. We have to figure out a way to intervene because right now we have 82% single parent households here in Ward 8, predominantly African American females. Mm. And so we have to have a way to infuse wisdom, knowledge, and information because it's about self-esteem. Right. And it's about yeah. if you don't know who you are, then you're going to do, you're going to, you don't know that you're going to make $4.5 million in the next eight years. You're going to jeopardize, you're going to rob somebody for $500. You got to split between exactly. three people. Right. You don't know your value yeah. and your worth. Exactly. And so you don't know you're a king. You don't know you're a queen. You don't know that you're the mother of the village. And so you degrade yourself and do things that's unnatural because of self-esteem and lack of knowledge of self. Right. And I think that's the beginning of it. Uh, it's a book that I, I talk about all the time. As a man thinketh, it says people I all over the world mm. want to change their circumstances, 
but are unwilling to change themselves. Mm. People all over the world want to change their circumstance, but you got to work on changing yourself. And yeah. I think that they have to have role models. Sometimes seeing is believing. So when they see somebody who's all the most, if you go, when I used to go to school, right, back in back years ago, mm. you talk to young people, they say they want to be a firefighter, a police officer, right. a lawyer. <laughs> you might get a cosmetologist, NFL uh, player. Doctor Almost 90% of students right now want to say a field is in entertainment. Right. Rapping, Football, basketball player, actor because of imagery. We putting all right, these images right. in front of them that they, they, they think that's the only thing they can become because right. that's the only thing they, they see. That's one of the reasons why I never cut my head. You know, getting mm. into politics. I want you ready to feel and see the real me mm. to know that I come from here. I'm from here. Right. And you get obtained to be whatever you decide you. The person says they can and the person says they can't are both right. Exactly. Right. And it's about us giving them the information so they can believe they can become whatever it is and giving them the tools that they can become what they need to be. Because they might need to go to a school or might do an, do an internship or might need to travel abroad. And we have to utilize our resources to able them to get there to expand their minds. And for a lot of part of it, it's, it's lacking. And so that's uh, my answer to that. Yeah, that, that was pretty good, Trey. Yeah. All right, so this yeah. is the last thing I got. Then I'll let Dave ramble on. Uh, <laughs> so um, he's really disrespectful. To me I don't. I don't want you to answer this. I don't even really want you involved with this. Oh, okay. So why would you say? Well, because because, because say. when it came up, I immediately thought about him. But do not respond to this. All right. All right so Nick Cannon <sighs> is in the news for obvious reasons. He got canceled from. Uh, you know, he got canceled. Viacom. Viacom. Um, for sure. Canceled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because yeah. they said he made anti-Semitic remarks, right? And um, and I listened to the remarks, and I was like, hmm, okay. I didn't, I didn't see uh, the historic flaw in what he said, right? And so it, a lot of it has to do with race, right? So what I did, I broke things down out without race involved. So I was like, okay, there's a group of energy here, right? And then there's another group of energy over here that treats this energy a certain way, you know, in a negative way. And so the, the energy that is being treated negatively has a position on how the energy that is mistreating them how they talk about amongst themselves, like, yo, energy, y'all see how this other energy is treating us? Like, yeah, it's horrible. Like, it's, it's you know, they're, they're raping us, they're murdering us, they're enslaving us, they're, they're subjecting us to certain conditions. And, you know, we don't like it. So amongst ourselves, we're going to talk about our dislike about this other energy and how factual, historic evidence that has been documented throughout the course of time clearly says like this group of energy has treated this group of energy in a certain way. So if, if, if we being uh, representing that energy that has been that has been mistreated are not allowed to express how we feel about our mistreatment that's very equivalent to a, a, a rape victim not being able to articulate how they feel about their rapist. And that seems a bit unfair if you, if you aren't even allowed to speak on your treatment and you get, you get punished for speaking about your treatment. So it's just interesting because I know as soon as I heard about Nick Cannon's circumstance, it, it made me immediately recall 
the, the, the situation that you had with a, a certain demographic of people. And so I guess this isn't a question to you, Trey, but I guess a, a question to our viewers. And I guess to Dave, I, I think you're safe, safe to uh, answer this. Uh, I'm not touching this. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> because it, it's real, man, because all, there's it's, it's all, real. no, no, it's no. Real. Be, uh, the reason it's important because there's all this talk about healing and bettering our community, but you can't heal something if you don't get to the wound. How do you heal a wound that you are not allowed to like, you, you're not even allowed to take the bandaid off? Like, no, 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 don't say that. Like, wait a minute. Like, if we're going to heal, like if a rape victim is told to like, to work through it, go to therapy, get through it, you know, get to a healing place, they have to recall what has happened in effort for it to be healed. And so collectively as a people, especially black people, you know, so we seem to not even be allowed to speak on our documented, historic, factual treatment. And so, but how are we expected to heal that if, we're, if, if we get demonized and, and reprimanded for even speaking on our treatment? So it's just, you know, there's a lot of contradictions in, you know, those who say they want the world to be better. We're trying to effectively change through healing and dealing with tough issues. But if we're not even allowed to speak on our issues, you know, I don't think it's, it's, it's fair to us. So again, that wasn't a question, but if you want to expand on that, Dave, you can. But I got one last thing for Trey that he can answer. Okay. <laughs> but I just wanted to put that out in the air because, you know, Dave, the reason we do this podcast is for people to, to think, you know, to think about things in effort to make real change. We're not just here to talk to people and, and have entertaining conversations. Like when people log off of this, we want internal uh, conversations happening within communities and families and organizations and boardrooms and all of these things. So that's, that's a real question to specifically that demographic of people who reprimanded Nick Cannon and claimed that his statements were anti-Semitic, you know, uh, but, but that's all I got on okay. that. But then the, the last actual question for Trey, because I know, it, what, what's our time, Dave? How are we looking? Uh, it's 12.07, so I, I know, know if you I, had to do a hard out. Now I'm good. I got to find these kids or something. I know. They, they didn't roll out on them. They ran the hallway <laughs> somewhere. Too much I longer. still keep running around. But, yeah, yeah the, 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 last, the last question the actual, that Trey can answer is that I hear a lot of, I hear a lot of conversation about uh, we need leadership in our communities. And my response to that, is that I feel that we have leadership in our communities. I just think the leadership needs support. Uh, and, by, and my last tidbit before I, 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 I want you to speak on that, Trey, is that even with this, this re-election push, I saw a lot of people that I knew, that you know, that were running against you. And I, I, didn't, I didn't understand, right? Because I was like, you know, it's, it seems as though we have good representation. You know, we have, a, 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 we have leadership in our community that, that has our best interests at heart, that isn't scared, that has a spine, that has a backbone, that's willing to go to bat for us. So why don't we galvanize, organize, and mobilize around the existing leadership that we have as opposed to like popping up all this 
new supposed leadership in our communities that we don't have. So to break that down into a, que uh, a question, you know, like I say, I get this, I get this question like, yo, we need leadership in our communities. And my response is we have leadership, we need support. And so what is your response to that question or statement like, yo, we need leadership in our communities? So I, I say that everything rises and falls on leadership. And I think that we have to figure out a way to create uh, organization, organizations of leadership, almost like delegations. Because right. what mm -hmm. happens is that there's over 75,000 people, almost 80,000 people here in Ward 8. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to really address all the needs of all the people all the time in various spaces. And so... That's the whole premise of ANCs, but uh, there are natural leaders in communities that, not, that are not tapped into because they don't have a title. Right, right. Or they're not feeling empowered or might not have the resources they need. And so what we need to do is a form uh, a pathway to get access to the power to empower them to do what they do. And I, think that some, and, and I think that when we don't do that, it diminishes their role and respect and power in their community because and leader, when you're a leader, everybody knows it. Right. People gravitate, gravitate towards you, people follow you, and when you can't deliver in time, your, your, uh, your leadership diminishes mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. people want you to help them. And right. so what I have to do as the leader is trying to figure out who are the leaders in different parts of the ward or parts of the city and empower them through forming a coalition. Right. Because, uh, you know, a house divided against itself going to fall. Exactly. And we got too much division in our community. So I'm <laughs> trying to work. I'm actually doing a kickball game Saturday on the 25th. I'm at, out at, at 12 o'clock. Oh, yeah, 12 o'clock. Terrible yeah. at kickball, but I'll come support it. Anyway. Auction Run Park on Valley Avenue on Willow Road. We at love the that park. You do a lot of stuff in that park, Trey. Because it's a Lockridge Park, and that's my mentor. Oh, uh, okay, okay. I was, yeah. I was trying right. to see the connection. Right. Like, yeah. You do a rack of stuff in that park. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much why I just <laughs> right. go, Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so we're trying to bring some unification to the wall by bringing all people together to figure out how we can empower people. And I have these working committees. We have a Water Education Council, Water Health Council, an Economic Committee, a Youth Committee. We had all these committees that are trying to empower people to get more involved. And so okay. to answer your question about the election, uh, some people want, a bit, want, to, want, to, want, to, want the title. Right, but it's like, I'll be, I'll be like, because if you talk to those people, it's the change they want. But I'm like, yo, we have leadership that they even rock with you. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it, I guess not saying it's right or wrong. It was just confusing to me because like my whole so, thing was like, I just want somebody in office who I know loves me and cares about me. Like, then I'm good. It don't matter really who it is. It's like as long as you ain't corrupt and you not like bowing down and bending over to developers and you know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, why does it matter like specifically who the specific person is if they are representing us well? That yeah, there's all there's historically been a spirit of envy and jealousy in our community. And not saying that individual, those individuals. And I don't are, even think that's the case yeah, in this particular. But, well, I mean, I feel it right now because y'all ain't tell me it was Green Shirt Day. Both of y'all got on. anyway. Oh <laughs> no, I'm just joking. No, I didn't. You don't know the campaign colors, bro. <laughs> Get up on game, bro. You got to do a little bit more research, man. <laughs> <laughs> Two more clicks, you would have got it. <laughs> Um, I take that. I take that. But I think that, uh, you know, I mean, and the, the, the person, it's, history has proven that the person not electable. Like, people don't, won't vote for you. You know, it's just a sad reality. But mm -hmm. it's about us figuring out how ways to support, as you say, the person in the seat. Right? Right, right. And that's how we get farther along. It's like you, you can have your differences of opinion. But the reality is, once you win, we got to figure out a way to support that person who won. Right, right. And, right, all, and you know, right. because it ultimately going to affect the whole Especially community. Especially if it's oh, one of man. us. And that's like, right. that, that'd be my confusion. The, like, yo, yeah. what, like, it shouldn't be nobody running. Like, honestly, that's just subjective to me. But then, but then you, what you don't see is that you have a lot of people with a lot of underlying 
motors that come into the war yeah. that may not be from here that fund yeah, yeah, or yeah. encourage people to run because they own they won't do it themselves first they might not be a war they resident right they got a lot of uh skeletons in their closet and yeah, what they do is yeah. they prop up other people to represent them and yeah. use their face to get their agenda across yeah, so that makes you, sense. Yeah. when you scale back think about the that. candidates and look at who they're connected to and who, who's donated to their can follow the money yeah. Right, yeah. The money gonna yeah. lead you to the person. Yeah. You start figuring out who, how, who's funding this the, person. The crazy thing is, they doing what the community need to be doing. The, the people, you right, know, they right, money funding behind the, can, get behind the that they want. You know, they doing all that to get them in so they can get their uh, ulterior motives. And we need to be doing that to get the people in there. Yeah. You know, have actual change. Yeah. in our community. So, um, yeah, that's yeah, because I, I have my my um bumps into with the development community, um, right. yeah. like um. Uh, Mapleview Flats, and we end up ironing that out. But the reality was, they, they didn't have any people that look like me and you working on the project. I'm right. like, how's that possible when we have one of the highest employment rate, unemployment rates per capita in the country? Well, you couldn't so find we, nobody. Man. We stopped the project. <laughs> we told everybody who who was working there, come on, you done for work for today. Come on, let's right. go. <laughs> let's get, let's go home. Let's get back yeah, in your car. Yeah. Get down from off there. We made them go home. <laughs> wow. Right, and we stopped wow. the cement truck in the middle of uh, Martin Luther King Avenue. And people don't like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. We you, we, you, you we affected enemies, that money, but, you know. And so you mm. know, we, th- those are some of the things that are unpopular to developers, but it's right for the community. But you know, they want to get a candidate where they can get their projects done without uh, without going through zoning, without you know going through the proper protocols and circumventing the ANCs. And so right, right. They they got their picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But the people have spoken. The people have spoken. Indeed. Sixty percent of the vote. You know I know, right? Yeah. yeah. So I want to. Uh, we gonna. We're not gonna keep it too much longer. I want to ask you two specific things. I um, wasn't finished, Dave. Oh, you said you was okay. <laughs> I thought right. I was, but go ahead and get yours. And I know you. You know. Well, I mean, this the uh, this the go wrap ahead. up. So go ahead and go ahead. you know. You sure? No, I'm not sure. All right, well, go ahead because I'm gonna wrap it up after you. Okay, go mine ahead. is real quick though. Go ahead. So when we gonna start this mayoral bid, brother? Oh man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> See, I should have went ahead and rather Jacob. <laughs> no, they, no, they're saying that. Look, they on here saying the same thing. See, like I ain't even out of pocket. Yeah, it's it's the it's the underlying. It's been the underlying really? theme for about the past two months. I really? mean, he should yeah. he should be able to announce it himself, though. No, nah, I'm not announcing anything. There's yeah, nothing to I announce. Mean, you know. I mean, well, I mean, when you're ready, not not like I mean, when, <laughs> you know, when that's the case. Like you said, there's nothing to announce. Now. Let me yeah. answer this real quick. So we have a uh, you can join Treyon White Eight. T R A Y O N White Eight dot com and subscribe. We're gonna see information on what we're doing in the community. If you could join in and join one of the groups, so we can converse and, and build. So that's the answer to a few of the questions on how people get involved on this. But uh, yeah, we're gonna get all your. Well, all right, let, let, let me tighten I, I, it up. Let me tighten it up for you. Do you have any intention in the future of taking a taking a uh, a stab at mayoral? All right, so here we go. You my man, so I gotta keep it real. With you. <laughs> I, I never desired to be in politics. First of all, that's not really my heartbeat. You know, okay. part of what I wanted to do is do philanthropy work. Um, do I, I'm a business major, so I want to get in business, amass wealth, and figure out how I can fund different people's projects, goals, and ambitions through my connections to people. Right. So that's ultimately what I want to do. Um, I think that because of how God allowed me to go through certain doors, it landed me in this position of a council member. So like, I'm here now, and I'm in it. Right. So I'm trying to right. be a good council member, and that's a hard thing to do because mm. I come from the streets, and a lot of things that's happening in the streets happens in politics. You just can't slap nobody. Right. So <laughs> or you and, could, or you could, yeah. but you, you pay the consequences. You be in the news. So it's kind of like trying to figure out uh, how I can be me and flourish in this realm of council member and better in the community. And it's a lot of new. When I'm fighting downtown, 
but I'm also fighting in the community. Yep. And right. sometimes I'm fighting downtown to get punched in the back of the head, and it's one of my people punching me. So right. I gotta yeah. figure out what the hell is going on. Yeah. But yeah. The, nonetheless, I don't know. It's it's been people who've been saying it and saying it, and that's how that's how I'm with council member people were saying it and saying mm-hmm. it. I'm yeah. like, nah, I don't, yeah. I don't do because that because you was on the school board. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so I don't know, man. I just try to be obedient to whatever whatever the path is for Trayon White. And it's an mm-hmm. option, you know. I hear a lot of people talking about, but the reality is, I also think about also the dynamics of the city is changing, right? True. Right. Where the population used to be yeah, seventy. They, they ain't gonna rock with you at all. Yeah. Which is why you. <laughs> oh, you, you know, never know. I mean, yeah. hey. Look. Or or Trey, you can link me with the current mayor, and then we can just schmooze it go. on out. Oh uh, yeah. You know, you check on the talking day. about it. Yeah, man. Then that way, you know, she'd be calm. She won't be going all hard all right. on us, and you know. Like then it, we can attribute it to you. Like Trey saved the city. Save the city. He linked it with Jay. <laughs> Jay ain't writing no five hundred dollar tickets, and you know <laughs> like everything. Like she just got cool all of a sudden. Uh, okay, so, so we, we got work. Jay has a lot of faith strategy. in his ability. Uh, <laughs> hey, he, he knows something we don't know. <laughs> right, and we got to explore all options at this point. That's right. I mean, because yeah, we, we yeah we got to look out for the community. same thing. That's gonna be insanity. Expect a different outcome, man. Right, so right, we gotta yeah. go with it. So yeah, next I, time, right. I have a meeting inside the wall with the man. I'm calling Jay, man. Front center. They're they going to make me king. They, it ain't going to be no tickets. Nothing. We're going to have like uh, affordable housing for everybody. Hello. It's going to be like a utopia in Washington, okay. D.C. Well, yeah, it, it, it is going to be what it's going to be. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> That's all I got, Dave. All right. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> so everybody that comes on, I always ask them this question. And, I, um, you know, I always appreciate the answers that I get. It's usually pretty introspective. So um, thinking about like young Trayon White. Thinking about, you know, let, let's say, let's say 13-year-old Trayon White. No, how old is your son? Your oldest son? 11. 11. So let's say 11-year-old Trayon White. If you had an opportunity, who you are, being through everything you've been through in your life, you know, all the experiences, all the wisdom um, you've acquired through your life's journeys, if you had an opportunity to go back in time and talk to 11-year-old Trayon White, what would that conversation be like? What would you say to him? Um, stay focused. Um, I guess because growing up being in Southeast at 13 years old, he faced with a lot of different challenges and obstacles. And yeah, I come up in a large family, and I grew up here in the 80s and 90s where drugs was prevalent. Right. And people was making a lot of money in the millions, as most know. And yeah. it was easy for someone 13 who come from a family that's well-known drug dealers in the streets to get involved in a lot of distractions. I think that I'll say to the 13-year-old Treyon, man, stay on the path. Yeah. Because sometimes people make a lot of mistakes at 13, 14, 15, 16, and it's hard for them to get back on the path until they're right. 32. Right. Yeah. You know, because you've yeah. been at Oak Hill, DYRS, you've been over DC jail, and by the time you look up, you're 27. Right. And just starting to think for yourself independently because mm-hmm. of the influence around you. Mm-hmm. And, at, and at 13, it's easy for you to get involved in the streets because you got to go to school. Right. And sometimes young people, people, young people don't choose the streets. You, you, you choose safety. If I'm going to school and I got to go through three different neighborhoods to get to school and my neighborhood beefing, I'm going to go to school with my friends. Right, right. And I'm going because it's strength in numbers. Yeah. And, and you think of that, oh, he would accrue or he want to be one of the bad guys. Nah, he, he know that if he by himself, they might attack him and jump him. Exactly. So he's going to go to school with his friends. And when his friends fight, he going to fight. Because if he yeah. don't, he going to get jumped by his friends when he get back home. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> you know what I'm <laughs> yeah, saying? Yeah. And, and, and people don't understand those dynamics, you know, yeah, yeah, uh, going yeah. to school and being involved. And so... Somehow, by the grace of God, God spared me and saved me. Right. Um, but I do know I say stay focused, man, and believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. Because at that age, I was told I had two learning disabilities. Mm-hmm. 
and they they told my grandmother something i don't know but she said you're gonna get your black ass in that school and you're gonna learn <laughs> right, right and that's all i needed to hear yeah, she didn't want to hear yeah. about the excuses about what they were saying i was but she knew who i could become right and she right, encouraged me right. to, to to be who she said i am or who god says i am during that moment exactly. and that really changed my life um mm -hmm. because i could have stuck with the narrative that i got to learn this ability right. or this right. and that but I became mad as you read, Magna Cum Laude. Right. Graduated right. with a 3.7, 3.6 GPA. That's amazing. Never got man. a, never got less than a B my entire college career. That's dope. Because yeah. somebody believed in me when I didn't believe in myself, and so right. I want to thank right. my ancestors, the mentors, the, the, the naysayers, my friends, pastors, imams, preachers, everybody who encouraged and poured in me during that time. Even Jay. Yeah. During that time, that didn't know I was going to become where I am today, but I knew you knew, well, you knew what Jay knew. Let's see, <laughs> but he knew, right. yeah. yeah. And, and well, he's got, he got foresight. I give him and that. Created <laughs> step. No, no, seriously, because yeah, those yeah. who don't know, Jay was trying to get me to do something I didn't believe I can do. He oh. was asking me that I want to be on BET. Oh, okay, yeah. like I, I on, saw your light, brother. I, I saw said, you BET. Didn't see your own light. Yeah. I said, BET. No, I want to be on BT. <laughs> man, I'm a little dude from Southeast, man, trying right. to make sure I can go to get to school the next day. <laughs> right, right. And he came back. That's when I was working in Loose Store on Players. Mm -hmm. And yep. asked me again. I was like, man, I don't know. Then I saw the commercial on TV. That's when we had dial-up internet. Okay. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and I did the application. I called Jay, and I ended up going to BT in California. And that, that catapulted wow. my life because it made me popular in school. It helped me with my self-esteem. I got a chance to expand my network, and that helped me. I always say that if you can get through one door, there's so many other doors that you can get through. If you can get through that one door, discipline right. yourself, right. sacrifice enough uh, to get through that one door. And Jay was very integral in my life to get me through that door, amongst other people as well. But that yeah. was critical for me because I was so young. Yeah. Yeah. Jay's influence is, you know, well documented in this area. So I'm going to say that he has. Shout out to Jay's son. Hey. Also. Yeah. And so, uh, man, I just want to thank you so much for coming through and uh, and kicking it with us. Um, I want to I get you to uh, um, give your social media. People need to reach out to you, uh, you know, your information. And, um, you oh, know. Okay. Um, my social media is at Trayon White, T R A Y O N White, W H I T E. Yeah. Um, my name is Treyon White on Facebook. Mm -hmm. uh, my office number is 202-725-8045. I didn't want to add you, but I saw, you know, on the website, I forgot, like, yeah, you're a council member, so people yeah. could call you and, yeah. really, you know, and call <laughs> and you, they you do. Know, your staff. And <laughs> they right, do. Right, right. And they text me, like, call me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And what's, the, what's the platform for this so people can get on and follow you guys? Oh, oh, yeah. We're um, This is uh, the Neighborish Livecast. You can find us on uh, YouTube. Instagram and Facebook, uh, Neighborish Livecast. I don't uh, know if people know how to spell Neighborish. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, Neighborish. Because I got to think real hard when I spell neighbor. N-E-I-G-H-B-O-R-I-S-H. Yeah. There you go. Hey, uh, you. trying to be champ. Yeah. Oh, yeah? No, I got kicked out of the spelling bee. But, yeah, so, and um, definitely, uh, if you get a chance, send Jay the information about the uh, the event that you were talking about planning. Oh, okay. Okay. So we can put everything up, you know, on our websites right. and uh, let, let people know. And, um, yeah, man, thank you so much for coming through. Uh, on behalf of myself, Super Dave, DC's uh, native son, Jay's son, hey. and Ward A Council Member Treyon White, I want to thank uh, everybody. Shout out Patrice Fruit Fit Jones who yes, ain't here today. definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah, shout out to Fruit Fit. She'll be back with us pretty soon. And um, and uh, shout out to everybody who checked us out today, man. Thank y'all for joining us on another episode of Neighborish. Uh, this has been a great show. Again, I want to... Uh, 
send a special thanks to Trayon Way for making time in the schedule to come oh, and kick definitely. it with us. This has been a great interview. I learned a lot about you today, brother, and I appreciate it. All right, man. Y'all have a great one. Thank y'all for checking us out. Peace. Peace. Peace.